This is Channel 253. In this episode of We Art Tacoma. We understand the city has a responsibility to price check, essentially, uh, big contracts. I will say right now we feel we're being treated more like the paper supply company than uh, a 40-year-long partner who has generated more than $35 million of non-municipal revenue into municipal assets. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I am producer Doug. How are you, producer Doug? I'm absolutely sunny. I'm over the moon. Can you be sunny over and the over the moon? Sunny. This is this is like two in a row for you. I, I'm just I know. Uh, amazed. What the hell's going on? It is, and it is actually sunny out, which is uh, got, mm-hmm. probably has has something uh, to do with it. So uh, I'm glad to hear that that uh, that you're doing okay. And you said uh, that that you're still working on your music. Is that right? I am. Yeah, I um, I I just uh, created a, a MIDI violin solo for one of my songs, and it came out very well. Now I need to uh, print it up, the sheet music, and give it to some, somebody who can actually play it. That's really cool. I remember one time my uh, I had a teacher who. Uh, did uh, purple haze on her viola, and I gotta say it was uh, it was just a wonderful experience. So that's great. Uh, I can see for your rock opera that that might be the kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Today's uh, guest is David Fisher, executive director of Tacoma Arts Live, and he's here to share what's happening during the pandemic, how they're navigating uh, bringing uh, live arts to the Tacoma community, and actually share some stuff that was news to me about uh, their contracts uh, with, uh, with the city. So there's a lot happening in this interview. Um, if you uh, care about uh, your local arts organizations and your local uh, uh, theater, uh, I hope you'll give this a listen. Check it out. All right, we are here uh, with my guest today, David Fisher, Executive Director of Tacoma Arts Live. Welcome back to the podcast, David. Thank you so much for having me again. I always love talking to you. I really appreciate that you're making the time to do this. And uh, yeah, I think you're, you've been on three times now, so uh, you get the jacket yeah. soon. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Eve Martin on Saturday Night Live. Exactly. That was exactly what I was referencing. Um, so Tacoma Arts Live, like many organizations, uh, had some uh, dramatic uh, things happen in the spring as we all kind of figured out what was going on. Can you walk me through what these last couple of months have been like for, for Tacoma Arts Live and those theaters? Sure. Like the rest of Washington State, at least, um, March delivered a shutdown and we postponed and or canceled about 50 events uh, between ourselves and our uh, renter and resident arts organizations wow. within the city-owned theaters and then our uh, use of the armory as well. So um, that was a huge challenge, and uh, we, I'm proud because while other entities uh, around the country who were going through that 
did not stand behind uh, their patrons. We have uh, refunded anybody and everybody who's asked for a refund. And then I'm also really pleased to share that many of our patrons have uh, either uh, held those dollars in trust with us uh, for future use or have contributed, converted the ticket purchase to a contribution. So uh, we have a very generous patronage and uh, uh, that was a blessing as we were going through uh, such a shock to our financial system. And to put that into perspective, if we look at a uh, year over year, um, our last full year prior to COVID had a budget of almost $7 million. And this next year, fully uh, expected to be in COVID is going to be about $2.5 million. So that is the magnitude of change that we're talking about. That's huge. We were lucky uh, <clears throat> to be able to get a PPP loan, and that uh, kept our staff whole through about June 30th. However, after that point, uh, it became clear that um, the burden wasn't going to lift off of us, so that we then had to lay off about... Uh, 45 people, put them into furlough and on unemployment. And then uh, the remaining 30 or so uh, of us have taken a 25% pay cut. Wow. So um, that's kind of the staff structure and how we're holding together. Um, we, like everybody, have been doing a tremendous amount of streaming activity, uh, bringing things out of our archives uh, particularly our Civil Rights Legacy Tour, which is a school program of 30-minute, 35-minute plays that uh, tour around the South Sound region primarily every year. And we have four of those really nicely uh, shot for video in the vault. And so we've been releasing those, and they've had a tremendous amount of engagement with folks. That's great. So that's been good. And then um, in the late part of the last school year, we were part of a small set of folks who were delivering in-person services to the children of uh, critical workers, yep. essential workers. And so we were trying to provide some daycare support to them. And so we did that for about three months. Uh, and then we moved into summer and that burden eased. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and then doing a tremendous amount of educational work uh, online. You know, we are one of the largest nonprofit providers of educational services in the state. And um, that has only increased during COVID. And so the support from grants, uh, the support from uh, school districts and from uh, individual donors is helping us meet that increased demand as we're uh, in this crazy time. So wow. all of the things are going really well. One of the great blessings that we've had uh, uh, during uh, starting really in July was uh, the county court system having been uh, unable to proceed with jury trials for so many months uh, came to us and said, um, we need to get back to our constitutional 
uh, responsibility of a speedy trial. And so um, they came to us and asked whether or not they could host socially distant jury pools in the armory. Whoa. Wow. And, uh, I did not expect to th- this to this this combination. That's really interesting. And so we said, hmm, "Hey, sounds like an arts program to us. <laughs> uh, let's go." And um, you know, I'm I'm uh, doing scene work from Twelve Angry Men every day. It's getting a little old, but uh, <laughs> that's a joke. I'm not. But um, they uh, are. We're in a significant contract with the county courts right now, which is going to continue through December. And that is another piece of the pie that is keeping us in shoe leather right now and uh, helping us uh, manage along. Yeah. So, so, so you have a, a big, a big drop in budget from, from above seven to 2.5. How are you thinking that these next few months uh, will go as we kind of ease our way out of this? What's the, what's the picture for an organization like yours managing uh you know, publicly owned uh, theaters? Well, it, it's uh, many levels to it. Um, as you know, we, we manage, have managed uh, the city-owned theaters uh, for 40 years and now. And um, in, uh, I think, maybe uh, May, the city came to us and said, uh, we need to uh, adjust your um, management contract uh, that is set to expire in December of 2020. We need to uh, tighten the belt on that. We said, okay, well, uh, you know, here are ways that we can think about doing that. And we proposed uh, reductions. Uh, they came back to us and they fully suspended uh, the management contract with um a fee that is now at zero. Uh, so while the city staff has been asked to serve um, department cuts at 15% uh, across the board in order to try and help balance the budget, they have taken uh, our cut to 100%. And uh, in doing some checking around the state, uh, we have found that the city of Tacoma is the only uh, city that has taken that action uh, for managers of city-owned theaters. So we're disappointed uh, in that. We are continuing to negotiate with the city to try to uh, navigate through a balance point. They desire to go to a, a request for proposal process to test the market on uh, future management of the theaters. And so that'll be happening for uh, the period after uh, January 1, or if they choose to buy themselves some more time after uh, Jan- June 30th. You, you're, you're, <clears throat> listeners can't hear this, but you, you, you seem to be delivering this in a very calm way that I, I don't feel calm listening to you say it. Um, so kudos for you for for. I guess you've had time to, to adjust to this. Why isn't the city paying to manage city-owned property? Let me ask it that way. The calm <laughs> has come. Uh, the calm has come with practice. I see. Yes, uh, over several months, and um, also um, 
I fully respect that the city is in a terrible budget. I, I yes, Metro Parks is also has a contract with the city and 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 is facing a, a cut as well. I get how that works, but still, a hundred percent cut is is not the. No, it's and there really was no um, uh, open negotiation about the fee or um, the scope of work that we could share between us. Instead, uh, the city has tried to uh, take on the work uh, through the team at the Tacoma Dome. And, uh, you know, because there's nothing going on, um, they've been able to do that. Uh, I think their theory is, hey, uh, the theaters can't be used right now, so why should we pay anything? Well, in truth, there's a lot of work that needs to continue uh, with our box office, our patron services for all of the resident arts organizations and other renters. There's um, work to be done in marketing and promotion to keep relevant uh, for all of the users and keep our connections uh, strong. Yeah. We are hanging in there. And um, we are going to come out of this, so we better be ready uh, to come out. And we've been saying, hey, we should be able to write the contracts for the future period. Uh, let's get these dates worked out among all the user groups. We'll give them some certainty. Uh, and let's get all that buttoned up for uh, a good long window. Uh, even if there is a new manager, let's get that done. So the new manager has some uh, runway and they're not just dropped into the deep end of the pool. So this is the dialogue that we're having with the city right now, and hopefully we'll get some movement. I'm I'm disappointed to hear that that they are doing an RFP process. It seems like um, the track record of what was formerly the Broadway Center and is now Tacoma Arts Live has been um, very healthy, especially since you know, let's say 2006 or so. Um, and it seems like uh, we could not be working harder towards the preservation of those buildings with uh, the capital campaigns that have happened that I know we've talked about on previous shows. Um, The quality of program, the diversity of program um, have been exemplary. And so um, I'm disappointed. Well, thank you for all of that. We are... um we understand the city has a responsibility to price check, essentially, uh, big contracts. Um, I will say right now we feel like we're being treated more like the paper supply company than uh, a 40-year-long partner who has generated more than $35 million of non-municipal revenue into municipal assets. So it's a little frustrating. Um, and... You know, I I understand the city's trying to balance a number of things. I feel that they are not um, working in partnership with us as we have worked so earnestly for 40 years. So, you know, there's been zero complaints on our management and uh, our delivery process uh, since 2006. So, you know, um, it's disappointing. Yes. Um, if there's any listeners who are uh, surprised by this or want to um, uh, make their voice heard, is there any place that you would recommend that they that they go or something that they could do that would be helpful? 
Well, I will say City Council has become uh, aware of this recently, and I know they're engaged in this. I trust City Council. Um, I'm not asking for any advocacy or uh, outreach at this time. So um, I do appreciate the opportunity to inform folks, though. Great. And I will say, we don't know where this will take us as an agency as we come out of COVID, whether we will continue to be the managers of the city venues or not. So um, in, in the meantime, we're putting our attention on the armory and there's a lot of good things happening there. Great. Well, why don't we take a, a quick sponsor break and when we come back, we can talk about some of these events uh, that, that you have coming up uh, in the near future. Sounds good. Okay, stick around. This is Doug Mackey, producer of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. PLU is expanding its graduate program and creating more and more ways for you to continue your education. A master's from PLU can take your career to the next level, or it might just be the thing you need to pivot to something you've discovered you're passionate about later in life. The master's in kinesiology is a whole new graduate program adding on to PLU's decades of experience with advanced degrees in nursing, education, fine arts, marketing, and more. Think about PLU as a sort of training ground for what comes next. Earn your spurs here and then ride your new master's degree into the sunset. Best of all, if you live in Tacoma, PLU is just down the street. That means there's no Seattle traffic between you and your degree. To request more information or attend an info session, visit plu.edu slash graduate. My thanks to PLU for their sponsorship of Channel 253. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253 who are supporting us. $4 a month or $40 a year uh, supports your local podcast network with all of the great podcasts uh, that you know and love who are talking about the topics that uh, not everyone else is uh, is covering in, in the community. So we're happy to be your hyper-local podcast network, channel253.com slash membership. And we are back again with David Fisher of Tacoma Arts Live. Uh, David, with... with um, all of these uh, restrictions on opening and things like that, what are you able to get done for, for, um, for people with events coming up in the near future? Well, we are on a rolling forward calendar right now. We still have probably 20 or so events that are held in suspended animation right now, waiting for that reopening. And as things continue to get extended, we continue to reschedule. Our point of view is we want to be ready as soon as we can uh, to reconvene audiences, get people connected with each other, with the performing arts, the joy, uh, the experiences um, as soon as possible. And so while it is uh, incredibly frustrating to continue to watch the goalpost move, um, we don't want to get so conservative with it that um, we end up canceling all of these events and then suddenly uh, things open up again. Right. And it's going to take us another nine months to get things into contract and scheduled, et cetera, et cetera. So we're in this sort of frustrating 
incremental <laughs> advancement toward reopening with not uh, enough certainty uh, to say, okay, for sure, it is happening on this day. We're just we're just not there in the performing arts. We are being um, treated differently than museums uh, or airplanes uh, or uh, movie theaters. Yeah, I, I noticed that even the Grand Cinema is putting out a poll like, hey, should we, you know, we are allowed to open. Are you guys interested? But that doesn't, what applies to movie theaters doesn't apply to a live theater? We could conduct movie theaters in the venues. Oh, interesting. But, but the... Um, uh, the expenses of that and the economics of that uh, don't always work out. We are looking at doing that in the armory, but it's going to be a very sharp pencil uh, necessary to get us there and keep things financially balanced. And at right now, when everything is as tenuous as it is financially, yep. uh, to take too much risk is um, pretty threatening. Yep. Um, the issue, the thing that uh, the... Uh, virologists uh, declare is the major difference in performing arts versus museums, et cetera, isn't uh, so much from the audience point of view, it's from the artist point of view. Oh, interesting. And so um, you can imagine the intensity of uh, spray uh, that is coming out of a saxophone or a trumpet um, or a chorus um, or professional actors the amount of uh, force of projection of air is significant. And so there is significant and real concern of contamination of artists on stage and um, uh, the crew backstage, uh, et cetera. So that's really where the rub points are. It limits what we can do. Yeah, um, I get that. You know, there's, there's only so much Greek tragedy and Commedia dell'arte you can do in a mask uh, before you uh, uh, hit a tolerance level for an audience. So um, that isn't uh, really an option. Uh, and to do Romeo and Juliet in masks uh, kind of cuts the passion down uh, a little bit as well. So especially with social distancing added onto that, right? Yeah. So we're really um, just going to have to wait a while. Um, there are some things that we've gotten approvals to do in phase three. Um, whenever there, that shall be. Whenever that shall be. There are some things that we can do for streaming without an audience in small groups with social distancing and masks on and off for capturing artist performance in streaming. If that picture I painted isn't scary enough. We can do that. Uh, but to try and combine uh, a natural experience of an orchestra or a natural experience of a full choir or a natural experience of um, uh, theater in a manner that is uh, contemporary and uh, naturalistic. Um, we just can't do those things. Okay. So one of the things that, that you are able to do is, is something I understand called the, the Muse Hour. Could you talk about what that is? It's coming up uh, pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. Um, we uh, have partnered with uh, uh, San Luis Obispo, California and Cal Poly, Santa Rosa, California, with the Luther Burbank Center for the Arts 
and uh, Tacoma Arts Live to bring four artists uh, in between uh, coming up really soon uh, this weekend uh, with Karamo Brown uh, of uh, Queer Eye. Uh, and then uh, we're also bringing in Leela Downs, the Latinx uh, Latina artist of incredible talent and renowned, uh, and also Rhiannon Giddens, who's a MacArthur Genius Award winner and uh, formerly with the Carolina Chocolate Drops. All three of these artists uh, are going to be working uh, not only as uh, bringing their art form forward, but also uh, doing work on social justice and uh, diversity. And then we'll end uh, in December with a holiday program with the uh, stars of Pink Martini, Thomas Lauderdale, and China Forbes. Uh, there'll also be uh, audience interaction allowed so uh, people can do Q&A uh, after the performance uh, pieces or the lecture pieces of these uh, and have an intimate uh, dialogue back and forth with these artists. So that's going to be fun. Uh, that is free for uh, Grit City members and above on our membership uh, grid and uh, or $11.50 a ticket uh, to participate in the stream. And that, that's a uh, an online streaming thing then. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's great. We're going to be carrying it on Vimeo. Okay. Nice, uh, strong, stable platform there. Yeah, and good looking video usually on, on Vimeo, <laughs> I've noticed. Um, what about some of the, the, the holiday things that we often come to expect, you know, that I think this year is due for the 75th annual tree lighting. Is that going to happen? That is with our suspended contract with the city. Uh, we are not, uh, we don't have the capacity, uh, to take on those expenses. That's, uh, give or take, that's about a $25,000 event. So, um, we don't have that capacity and I haven't heard from the city whether they're going to take it on themselves or not. Will there be a tree even if there's not an event? Not that I'm aware of. Again, uh, that would be the city's responsibility since June 1 and the suspension of our contract. A Festivus poll, perhaps? Perhaps a crazy, crazy sweater walkabout with masks. Uh, I, I know. Um, and then nothing will be going on in the theaters. Right. And then I'll, I'm also guessing, um, this probably goes without saying, but probably not a first night celebration or anything like that as well. Not that we are aware of. Uh, we tried to uh, restart uh, First Night Strong uh, last year, yep. get it back on its feet, uh, help support it. Um, yep. Can, Can KX was a great partner and a number of other groups. But um, we handed it back to the city. And since then, I have no idea. Uh, they have not communicated anything about what's it's, happening. It's hard for me to imagine that a group of people crowded together, sharing breaths, even outside, is uh, is workable uh, in in this current environment. I agree. Uh, if you, seems yeah, if you had to project forward, and and I'm not asking you to put a date on this because who who the heck knows? But what do you think reopening will be like for? Uh, for a theater such as, you know, such as um, uh, any of the ones that you operate or just the performing arts in general, how do you predict this, this will happen as we, as we slowly reopen again, whenever we're actually at that point? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to happen in uh, reduced capacity settings uh, with social distancing in sort of pods of uh, 
people who have already contaminated themselves together. Um, and um, so my guess is uh, somewhere in phase three, we probably come in with between 25 and 50% of capacity and uh, conduct social distancing. Uh, that all sounds um, fairly reasonable until you start to put the budgets against the revenue uh, and it uh, really limits uh, what can be done. We're kind of determined uh, to use the armory in a way that will allow that because it's a bigger floor space with uh, no fixed seating. And so we can kind of build pods and get that social distancing based on how many people are in a pod. I can't believe I'm using this kind of language <laughs> in my beloved performing arts world. But, you know, there we are. Um, and so I think that's the world we're going to be living in uh, for six months to nine months uh, once we get a partial go. And I think it's probably going to be a year or more before we are fully back up to full capacity and before... Um, everything gets back to normal. So whenever a, a, a hypothetical phase three starts, limited opportunities, and in some ways it sounds like the theater's facing the same, the same barrier that restaurants face. Great, I can be open for 25%. I, that doesn't work financially. It's, it's, it's a really difficult hurdle at that point. So the armory, it sounds like for you, gives you an opportunity to try with that giant, giant space some things possibly um, there that wouldn't be workable in, in a 300-seat uh, theater on the square or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Um, we think we can do in the armory, depending upon the pod variation, the size of the pods, Right. Um, we think we can do somewhere between 300 and 400 people. Okay, that's a pretty decent. And that's a pretty decent experience. Now, yeah. is that going to pass muster with the health department? That's another hurdle. Uh, and yeah. you're becoming pretty sophisticated in how to protect people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something I remember hearing about, um, and you don't often think about this when, when you're uh, just a, a, a an attendee of something, but like if, if you can have that intimacy of being in a crowd, um, you know, I remember seeing a play where the, the, this, uh, it was in the UK and we were on benches um, and so you're, you're all of your, everyone's, you know, arms are touching, you're really close together and that that kind of intimacy creates a better experience. Um, it's hard to now square that with, you know, pods along an armory floor. It's, it's too bad that that's, that that's where we are. Again, I totally get why we are where we are. I'm not questioning that, but I think it's, it's a, it's a sad place to be for this kind of a thing. I hear you. My hope is that, um, just the joy of getting back out and connecting in whatever constrained manner we do, that experience, it is going to be, by the time we uh, have that open, the pent-up demand and mental, emotional, social need for yeah. connection is going to be so strong. I think we're all going to be willing to put up with anything. An explosion of, of, of arts just so that we can we can get out there and do it. I think that's really likely, right? And I think there'll be a lot of forgiveness uh, until we can get back to a natural experience. As someone who was uh, one of the key advocates for Tacoma Creates, how do you see that um, 
supporting arts organizations during this next, uh, you know, 2021 kind of kind of time frame? I think the city staff has uh, struggled uh, to get going on uh, Tacoma Creates, but have recently hit their stride. And they have been managing Tacoma Creates uh, incredibly well with a really open sense of recognizing that there's a responsibility to deliver on that tax investment, but how we're delivering is completely different. And so uh, the city team uh, has been very flexible and supportive of us uh, as a sector, figuring that out. That's great. Uh, then those dollars have been uh, incredibly helpful uh, to help us deliver. So, you know, and toward that, we're doing some other things. We'll be doing eight films, uh, short five minute films in partnership with KBTC this fall, uh, looking at site specific uh, places where um, history has happened and bringing some performing, art, performing arts to it. So for instance, uh, we'll be doing um, a piece out uh, overlooking JBLM and uh, the DuPont sector uh, way back in the late 1800s, the Buffalo soldiers from all over the United States would bivouac there and uh, come together. And yet they were not uh, integrated into the army until the late forties uh, as a black population and a black soldier. Uh, we wanna tell the story of the history of the Buffalo soldiers and then the evolution uh, of that as a site-specific moment uh, of social justice. And we'll be doing an excerpt from both uh, Langston Hughes' poem, Let America Be America Again, and not great again, but uh, Let America Be America Again, and um, an excerpt from Thurgood Marshall's uh, speech. So we're taking those kinds of concepts and interweaving them into place and story. Uh, expressed through the performing arts. So we'll be doing that through eight different films in eight different places. And that's funded by Tacoma Creates? Partially funded by Tacoma Creates and partially funded by Pierce County. That's pretty great. Very yeah. cool. Fantastic. And so we're doing all sorts of crazy things like that, as well as, I said, ramping up our education programs. Yep. Yep. So um, I want to just uh, wrap up here. We I, I do want to flag for listeners again the Muse Hour uh, coming up this Saturday at seven thirty. Is is it Karamo Brown? Is that how you say it? I actually have not watched the new Queer Eye, so I uh, quite the social justice uh, warrior and brilliant speaker. So it leads with his heart. Wonderful. Yeah, you can go to our website at TacomaArtsLive.org. And I will put a direct link to that uh, into the show notes as well. Uh, David, is there any um, any organization or artist who over the course of this pandemic has really been um, really rising to the occasion that you want to give a shout out to, give a gold star to for what they're doing for uh, Tacoma and, and the arts community? Well, I will say that the foundation community, uh, both uh, the various uh, family foundations and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation have been heroes uh, in keeping uh, funding stable and strong for uh, arts organizations. And uh, it, that has allowed us to pivot and move to doing um, all, all the virtual work that we're doing 
as well as expand our education program. So that has been spectacular. That's wonderful to hear. That's great. Well, again, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to share what's going on with uh, with you and Tacoma Arts Live. And um, I wish uh, the organization the best as it figures out uh, these next few months. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate uh, being invited back. And I hope to come back once we have uh, more certainty about the future. Just let me know when. When we have, let me know when we have certainty about the future. I just send me a text. I will want to know that. <laughs> I live in the fantasy that we actually did have certainty in the past, and now we don't. Of course, that's not right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, Dave. Did you know Channel Two Five Three is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. We Art Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Give Me the Mic. This is Channel 253.